This is the Lundahl Performance Podcast Extra. Hey guys, it's Jake Lundahl with Lundahl Performance here. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to the listeners of the latest podcast episode where we talked about checking a horse back. It was an hour and 40 some odd minute ramble that uh, we got a lot of good information across, but dang, that was long. And I salute anybody who was enough of a trooper to get through even part of that. You have amazing endurance um, and we appreciate you listening. But I wanted to just now drop a quick note about some thoughts I had surrounding this confidence clinic that we're planning to do up here in Nebraska. This is going to be a three-day clinic toward the end of June. And my reason for bringing this up isn't to promote the clinic. I'm more or less bringing it up because of my, you know, my passion really, honestly, and what drives my horsemanship career is the connection with and the empathy I have for the people who are learners. You know, we're all learners to some degree, and I really can relate to the people who are green or just inexperienced people who have had a wreck or a bad experience in the past that broke their confidence, who are now just trying to get back to enjoying their horses again, or the younger people, especially who are just hungry, who are starving for more information, more exercises, more practical things that they can do to get more softness and control out of their horse. And they haven't gotten a fair shot because Frederick, the trainer, got them started on the wrong path knowledge-wise or set them up with the wrong horse. Uh, and, you know, I can personally relate to all these cases. I've been in each of those pairs of shoes at some point in my young career. And so that's why I really love being able to share the knowledge and experience that I've gained thus far and try to do so in a way that doesn't shortchange people the way I and so many others have been shortchanged by trainers who don't actually care about us. They're just after a buck. They just have flicked some meaningless chicken feet our way of things we can do with our horses to kind of keep us occupied while they hold back the real vital information that would have actually translated into lasting results. Uh, I think we've all been there at one point or another. I certainly have been frustrated by that scenario. So because I'm so driven by this, it pains me <laughs> to come out and say, oh, hey guys, I'm doing a confidence clinic because I get the same reaction as say some poser self-help guru guy on YouTube that's trying to hustle his ebook on click funnels. But ultimately I get it. I get the stigma because I've been in the situation myself where I went to a horsemanship clinic as advertised. It was advertised as a confidence building session and I ended up getting a bad self-help lecture. It's so typical to show up to one of these things and have it be an eight hour, oh, woe is me session where we sit around on our horses or stand around and listen to the trainer talk about how all of our problems with fear and insecurity, it's all in our mind. It's all our fault. It's our, it's all just our own fears and insecurities that are holding us back and causing a lack of confidence in the horses, which is why the horses aren't responding well. And so the answer is if you become a confident leader, then your horse will be a confident follower. Now, is that shallow platitude technically true? Yeah, I guess it is, but it, it really misses the point entirely for me, which is the reason that you don't have confidence is because you don't have the resources, the knowledge, the problem-solving tools to deal with the kinds of issues you're facing. 
Confidence is just a product of control at the end of the day. Control breeds confidence. Confidence breeds results training-wise because you're not held back by insecurity. You know how to get results, and that leads to overall fun and enjoyment with your horses. But you need to have the control first. You need to have the practical, down-to-earth stuff. Then you can worry about mindset. There's there's this meme out there where people act like it's sufficient to just artificially puff yourself up, puff up your confidence like blowing air into a balloon, and then magically now that you're confident and you've got your mind right, your horse suddenly is going to listen and respect you and take you seriously. And that's not how it works. I mean, it's the opposite. But a lot of people, a lot of riding instructors especially, get that twisted. And I see that so much, especially when riding instructors and trainers are working with children. What really makes me disappointed is often they'll start playing mind games with the kid and they don't keep things grounded and simple. Like if the horse does this, then you do this. If you feel unsafe or like you're going too fast, you do this. Instead of doing those things, there's a very heavy temptation on the part of the instructor to just go for the low-hanging fruit and start nitpicking the rider's form how they carry themselves, uh, or just chalk up their problems to a lack of confidence and conviction that the rider needs to work on. You know, they, they throw in the line of, sort yourself out there, bucko. Sure, that might be partially true on a surface level, but it's really, at the end of the day, just a cop-out for not doing the practical stuff that enables that person to feel like they're in control of the situation. The The practical stuff that fixes problems and that will just build confidence organically. Here's the analogy that I use. Let's say you're driving down a long stretch of highway that has no cell phone service and you get a flat tire. If you have a spare tire and a wrench and a jack with you and you know how to replace a tire and you're prepared, that flat tire is just an inconvenience. It's just time out of your day, you fix the situation, you move on. But if you don't have the right tools or you have no knowledge or experience in changing a tire, and you can't call anybody else to help you, at that point, you're panicking. You have no confidence at that point. It's the the thing that was a inconvenience for one guy is a disaster for another that doesn't have the right tools to fix the situation. And it's the same way with horses. If you have the right knowledge, the tools, the practical things in your arsenal that's actually applied training-wise to go fix things, then it's kind of an inconvenience. You know, my horse spooks on the trail. Boom, I bend him around, pull him around on my foot, redirect his feet, blah, 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 hustle him this way. I just reassert my control and get his mind back on me. At that point, it's an inconvenience. Like, ah, you know, Fluffy was just distracted and blah, blah, blah. And bend him around, I moved his feet, and I got him listening and paying attention again. It's an inconvenience. But that inconvenience, for someone who knows how to deal with the situation, is a potential catastrophe for someone else who has no clue of how to handle such a thing. This is how so many people are dealing with their horses. Imagine how absurd it would be for me to take up rock climbing tomorrow. Just start free climbing the Grand Canyon with no proper gear, no safety harness. Anyone with half a brain would be terrified to start free climbing a sheer cliff with no gear, no harnesses, no nothing, if they had no experience. But that's what a lot of people are doing. They, they don't enjoy their horse because they're constantly worried about how and when things will go wrong, how and when they're going to fall off, you know, because they don't have the right tools 
to get control. They don't feel like they're in control of the situation. They don't have the confidence that if something goes wrong or the horse does something they don't like, that they could take control of that animal. They feel like they're always on the verge of something going to disaster. To give you an example of what I mean, though, by the sort of shallow, self-help, self-serving guru crap, the, the huckstery side of the clinic scene that we're trying to avoid. Perfect example. I was auditing this clinic. It was geared toward barrel racers. And with barrel horses, there's the stereotypical problems of the horses being out of control in the alleyway before a run. Problems and bad habits that are unique to barrel racing that are serious, that need to be confronted, but they're not totally unfixable. There's things you can do to redirect the horse's feet, start getting some control there. So this gal asked the trainer what she can do in that situation and how to correct that horse in the alleyway, but the trainer doesn't really answer the question. Instead of giving advice on how to break the horse's feet loose and soften him up, redirect his feet, get some control... Uh, as well as the, what the rider can do at home to not fall into habits that creates that anxiety and alleyway problems. Instead of going that direction, the trainer instead goes on a 15-minute rant telling this girl that her alleyway issues are all due to her own insecurity, and if she gets her mind right, the horse will do his job. And I heard that, and I thought to myself, no, that's not how it works. It's virtually the opposite. You need something real to sink your teeth into and actually get control of this animal first. That's how you build confidence. You actually go do things for real. You don't play mind games with yourself and think that if you're in the right place, quote-unquote, that everything will just magically fall in line for you. No, I, I like the idea of actually doing something in order to get more proficient and confident with it not puffing myself up mentally with a lot of false confidence and a sense of security first, and then trying to do the work. I, I like doing the work first. That's how you grow confidence naturally. It's a pretty simple dynamic. But my overall point here is that going back to this confidence clinic thing that we're going to be doing, we try to be the opposite of the cliche self-help empowerment lunch type of thing. But see, that's what everyone thinks of when they hear the term confidence clinic. But I want to set the record straight on the fact that this is not a group therapy session. We're very focused, very hands-on. We work with the participant horses ourselves, oftentimes riding, riding them for quite a significant amount of time ourselves in order to jumpstart the progress and just keep the clinic moving forward. That's how we were trained. That's, that's the style of doing clinics that we like, is to take a very active role and we try to balance using our work ethic, leveraging it to take the load off someone else's shoulders so they're not overwhelmed. But we also want to make sure they have an active role and that we're exposing that person to enough experiences, enough new exercises, that they're pushed out of their comfort zone, that they start developing some actual competence themselves. The reason why we want to push both the person and the horse out of their mutual comfort zone is due to the fact that people with confidence issues don't ever train on their horses. That's just a simple fact. They don't ever expose their horses to new things. They don't push the horse to learn new exercises. They don't expose that horse to a lot of pressure because they don't know how. And they also don't want to provoke an overreaction out of the horse. So they just never challenge him and they never challenge themselves. And so they end up both getting stuck in a rut. But if we can 
because of the clinic, if we can push that person to raise their expectations and start doing new things in a controlled environment, in the safety of the clinic arena, with the purpose of getting that horse softer, more controlled, well, now that rider has new things to work on and they start getting the confidence to be more of an active rider, keyword, and they start having some purpose to what they're doing and how they're riding, just riding with purpose and having the confidence to just use themselves more instead of sitting up there like a closed pocket knife and just ambling the horse straight down the trail. They become a much more active rider at this point. So that's the name of the game. And, and here's what's going on. Here's what you need to do. I'll help you get the ball rolling. I'll give you a blueprint going forward, but you also need to put in the work is effectively the dynamic we try to strive for with the participants. You know, I'm not going to do everything for them, but I'm also not going to just bring my own horse to the clinic, put all my cowboy gear on, and then just sit there and talk nonstop on the microphone as everyone struggles and flounders on the arena floor beneath me. There's got to be a balance there. And I've, I've certainly been at clinics on both ends of the extremes, and we try to go for what's in the middle, which is how we've been trained and how we like to run it. So for those of you who might be interested in something like this, uh, we're going to be posting about it on, on Facebook here in the next couple of days. We're trying to keep this clinic small, though. We don't like to do this type of a clinic with a lot of people and a lot of horses. But if you are interested and you want to know more about that, hit us up. Otherwise, my main point in talking about this was sort of the meta commentary on mindset versus actual experience and doing things in reality first, then having the confidence because of that, not talking about self-help guru crap and having that supposedly magically translate to the horse doing well. It doesn't work that way. Anyone who tries to sell you on that idea is a huckster and they're lying through their teeth, plain and simple. <laughs> <laughs>